Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... We're all safe at home, but we can still travel through stories. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop in order to support independent bookstores while supporting your favorite bookmakers and kidlit podcasters. Same books, same great prices, but this time your dollars make a difference for someone or some indie trying to make a difference. Go to MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop to choose your next great read. Hello. How is life from book tour? Good. We're calling you from underneath the quilt because we don't have headphones. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a sleepover. And also also like staying up and reading when mom and dad are watching. Yes. Periods, menstruation, and a reminder from the bookmakers that we can talk about it. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 582. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm joined by Lily Williams and Karen Schneeman, cartoonist and author of Go With the Flow. This is a graphic novel about getting your first period and how not all periods are the same from one woman to the next. But it's also about destigmatizing menstruation in our society. It's about public embarrassment, but it's also about barriers to access of feminine hygiene products to the general public. It's about friendship, and it's also about demonstration, protest, and advocacy. From a webcomic called The Mean Magenta to a full length comic, Go With the Flow is a welcomed and needed addition to libraries and bookshelves everywhere. I hope it finds its way into your hands very soon. Please welcome my guests, Lily Williams and Karen Schneeman, creators of Go With The Flow. Hi, my name is Lily Williams. I'm a full-time author and illustrator based out of Denver, Colorado. I have a series of nonfiction picture books called the If Animals Disappeared series, and recently my first graphic novel that I co-authored and illustrated came out with first second. It's called Go With the Flow. Hi, I'm Karen Schneeman. I go by she, her, and I am a full-time engineer and mom and now part-time author. Um, Lily and I co-authored Go With the Flow together. Nice. I forgot forgot to say, I go by she. I'm sorry, (laughs) she, her. Thank you for sharing that. I also love that within 
maybe 60 seconds, we got Karen to say that she's an engineer. (laughs) After talking off recording about, I don't know when this is going to come up. It totally came up right away. That's awesome. Well, so um, you've got this graphic novel that I think the entire world appears to be talking about. It's just that kind of awesome, which is great. Um, I love that it's, it's, I love that it's with first second. I love that it's going to make me talking about menstruation for the next 30 minutes. Um, I love, of course, first and foremost, that this is a book that so readily people say, this is a book I wish I had when I was a kid. This is a book my kids need now. This is a book I'm buying for my library. I hope that's coming back to you. I know I'm catching you both while you're on book tour. I hope that already you're starting to hear language like that. We are. And actually today we did a signing and several people came up and said, you know, this book is so important. Thank you for writing it. And it's always really nice to hear that. Um, You can never hear that enough. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of, of folks my age with kids school age saying, you know, when I was young, I read, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And this is that modern version of that. And I'm like, oh yeah, but this is also like protest and um, <laughs> first steps into high school in peer groups and bullying. And this, it's, it's, this is all the things blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is a lot and it's, and it's great. And it's um, yeah, I want to, I can't wait to find out about where Lily ends and Karen begins in this book and just how the whole thing came to be, but I think the proper way to start would probably be to ask each of you just to, or one of you, to to book talk the book, to tell folks what Go With The Flow is in your words. Um, so Lily here, I would say that uh, Go With The Flow is a story first and foremost about friendship. It's about four sophomore girls um, navigating their way through their sophomore year of high school, through the ups and the downs, being bullied, finding um, first boyfriends, uh, having crushes. And it's also about them dealing with their periods and happening to start a menstrual revolution. A menstrual revolution. That's it. <laughs> I um, I love who these four friends are to one another. I love um, how many different girls you show in this book like just different kinds of girls different kinds of friendships the way that in a in a group of four you are in relation to one another in different ways I find it I find really drawn to maybe it's because I like grew up on stand by me and things like that but I I find books with with a central group of children and how they all get on with one another and 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 butt heads or not to be something that's really interesting to me. Those peer dynamics are something really interesting to me. And I I felt a lot, if you don't mind me drawing reference to another book, I felt a lot of really um great connections to there was this middle grade novel that came out um in twenty nineteen by Celia Perez called Strange Birds mm-hmm. about um four girls that are drawn together over uh, in this case they're drawn together over protest of uh, a feathered hat that's used in their uh, local sort of like a Girl Scout troop that they are um, 
determined to bring attention to this and take it down um, while also having their own group. And to have these four girls and go with the flow drawn together over um, that common cause is, is something that I, I found to be really cool too. The, those moments where kids lead the way. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's friendship is something that's so important. You know, Karen and I are friends from college and we each have our own wonderful friendships with other people outside of our friendship. And we felt like it was so important to show different aspects of friendship through this. Yeah. One of the things that we thought was really important is to show how supportive friends can actually really help you like find your voice, help you make a difference, but also help you kind of navigate the tougher times in school, right? Like what do you, what's important to you? Where do you feel comfortable who are you? Because I feel like so many kids, it takes a long time to figure that out. But they feel, you know, you feel a lot of pressure to kind of know who you are right from the get go. And I think it's, it's a learning experience. But I think having friends who support you and kind of testing the waters is really important. Yeah. And like, also within friendships, knowing that, like, you don't have to be 100% matched up on everything. You all can be really different. Your voices can be really different. You can just help each other thrive without being the same person or even offering the same thing to a friendship or community is really valuable to know early on. Karen, would you say that high school was a pretty pivotal time for you? I would. Um, I I had a lot of challenges socially. I'm I'm a very introverted person. Um, But I you know, I, I was lucky in that I found a lot of friends who kind of understood where I was coming from and appreciated my quirks. <laughs> mm. um, you know, like I'm drawn to funny people, but a lot of funny people are very outgoing and I am not that way. So I think, it, you know, I felt a lot of pressure to be more social and more outgoing, especially from my teachers. But it was nice to know that my friends accepted me for what I was. And I just hope I think that helped me feel comfortable going forward and trying to navigate that and figure out who I was. I ask that because I'm I'm forever fascinated by what stories we feel compelled to tell and and how sometimes that links in ways to pivotal moments in our childhood in our in our experiences of the world. And Lily, I I think when we last talked that we talked about that awareness of the environment and and environmental threats and how we we, even as very young people, have the ability to to affect change and to bring about uh, raising awareness of things like that. Um, I wonder if that if you feel like that rings true to you too, though that the, that there's a certain connection with writing a story for high school in in you in high school being important to you. For Lily or Karen? No, for you, Lily. Oh, for me. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know if I'm off question here. I think that like being aware of your being aware of your surroundings and how you interact with the world is really important. Um, and it's really something that you learn as you grow up, and and you have to be willing to let that be flexible because you're growing and you're changing and. And what you feel like today might not be how you feel next week. Um, and 
I think what Karen and I really liked is with the four of our friends, um, Abby, Britt, Christine, and Sasha, and Go With The Flow, they they all have a very different perspective on like how they interact with their peers at school and how they interact with the world um, eventually in protest. And, and I think that's kind of like a reflection of that idea of like how you, how you interact with your environment. Yeah. Also, I gave you a completely meandering question. So well done (laughs) doing all the things. More what I was trying to say, Lily, is you know that I'm quite a fan of your If These Animals Disappear stories and all of that. And then you come in hard with this. And I'm just like fanboying. That's more of what I'm trying to articulate. Thanks. I think think Karen and I laugh because while we think the girls are each all of us, um... Oh, I definitely cool. come in hard with the Abby sometimes. <laughs> Abby's like our activist character. And sometimes I'm just so Abby, I need to tone it back and bring a little more like Brit and Sasha to the party. <laughs> you need to bring more Sasha to the party. Oh. So we, okay, I want to know about, I want to know about this book. I want to know about you coming together. I want to know how long this story lived inside one or both of you. And then you were suddenly just magically like, let's make a book together. And then I want to get into uh, these girls and especially talking about Sasha. But can one of you tell me, or maybe you can both tell your parts, how how this story started, how you both were drawn to one another to make a book, and more importantly, to make a book about menstruation on top of friendship. So it's kind of an unusual story. I don't I don't know how most books are made. I'm going to start off with that. But I don't <laughs> think this is the normal route that most books go. Um, similar to Lily's I, other books, right? The other If Animals Disappeared series. Um, our editor was a very pivotal person in creating this book. Same editor. <laughs> Same yeah, editor. Ah, yeah. that's right. Um, we, Lily and I, when we were in college, would talk a lot. And we ended up talking about periods a lot. But we realized, you know, Lily's had some struggles with her health and I had a friend, one of my best friends has also had struggles and it takes a long time for doctors to really recognize endometriosis or fibroids or, or difficulties with, um, you know, like female reproductive systems. And, you know, we were just like, why is it like that? Why don't people talk about this more? Why don't we know about these things or that they exist so that we can be, you know, advocates for our own health? And we started a webcomic. Lily's editor saw the webcomic and then approached us about the book. And she was like, I really want to pitch this as a graphic novel if we can, you know, have the girls in high school. Because our girls in our webcomic were a little older. They were in their 20s. And so Lily called to tell me this. <laughs> and she was like, Emily wants us to do a graphic novel based on our webcomic on the Mean Magenta. And I was like, that's so great. Congratulations, Lily. And she was like, no, us. Us, Karen. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, sure. Oh, yeah. Emily. Emily, who so, also, I believe, Lily, was the one that discovered your like little infographic that set yeah. off the picture books, right? Yep. yep. Nice. She's basically provided me with a whole career I didn't anticipate having, which has been a blessing. <laughs> so do you walk about life just sort of you know, 
randomly posting things on social media <laughs> and then just waiting to see maybe Emily is going to notice and tell me this is a book too. <laughs> I think I think this one was the last one. I now okay. officially pitched to her, but but it was we were really really excited because the way we wrote the web comic is we would write it together. Um, and then I would illustrate it and then I would send it back to Karen and then Karen would send notes back and then um, we'd post it. And so we pretty much did our book the same way um, over the course of about four years. What was really fun for me was with the webcomic, we decided very early on, we spent a lot of time on who these girls were and each individual girl. And so what are they like? What are their favorite foods? What is their family like? You know, what are their favorite hobbies? What do they read? You know, everything kind of dissecting each one and how they were different and how they would respond. And then when Emily approached us with the book and we had to put them in high school, it was like, okay, how did they start? You know? And so it was really, it was really fun, like figuring out who these girls were. And by the time we finished the book, I mean, they feel real to me. (laughs) And I think Lily and I talked about that. Like they feel like our friends, you know? That's cool. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of the Children's Book Podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of just one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter WINNER. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Karen, when did you start this webcomic? When did you both start? Like, how long has it been since if the book just came out? Where where did the comic start? How many years uh, span have we gotten? I think we started it officially in 2016. Okay. Um, so, but we had so many conversations for years before that. So, yeah. Um, it was kind of, when we started posting it, it was kind of a culmination of a lot of things, but um, officially 2016. And then Emily snapped it up really quick. We'd only been posting it for, I want to say like six months, maybe maximum. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, not, not too long. Is it, does it still exist online or is it, still it exists. <laughs> I didn't know if it was too close to, to go with the flow that you had to take it down or whatever. Okay. I will say a few storylines have diverged from where we had originally planned versus where we would go now. But um, the blog that Abby starts, the mean yeah. is our original web comics website. I will make sure I link to that in the show notes. I, um, I, I love that you just started off making comics in, in the way that you do in a way. A lot of people do just as bite size web comic form doing it at your pace. And it's cool that, that your story was compelling enough and your characters, I think more importantly, uh, were compelling enough that um, it could be translated into a graphic novel, into one solid book for whatever age we're talking, ages, what, probably like 10 and up. 
Yeah. We, we, we wrote it with like the idea that if you had, you know, an eight year old, your eight year old yep. could read it. We wanted it to be something where it's like the girls are in high school because we wanted to show what it was like when you get your period at a later age, which mm. is what happens to Sasha and so, and so many or and to me <laughs> and Karen was pointing to herself and to Karen and I like, thanks, for, thanks for sharing because pointing doesn't always work yeah. very well on a podcast <laughs> but so we wanted we wanted that to, we really felt like that was important to show because so many so many people who have their periods feel like oh I'm I'm less than I'm 16 it hasn't happened so we wanted to show that but we wanted to write it in a way where an eight-year-old who's learning about puberty can pick it up and um, feel comfortable. And something that we really also spent a lot of time with with our webcomic was making sure that we had rules around what we would write about because so often we lump periods in with so many other things, which causes people to think periods are, like, impure and periods are Mm. connected to... um, sex and all this other stuff and we wanted to make it periods are periods that's it and let's talk about periods and let's talk about periods in the way they happen in the real world which is discussed between friends and discussed between family and sometimes hidden and often um we shame people for them so let's talk about them like that without any of the other taboos attached to them yeah, and by doing that, you and I know I I know from reading your your end notes as well that this is what was set out. But you you do so in a way that just normalizes it. That normalizes it in the way that that women have different periods, and that is also normal. That there's not a one way. Um, we uh, also you have the greatest tagline, which is a friendship story. Period. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, at this point, just need to out myself and say um, that as a boy reading this book, um, it, 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 Lily, from the moment you mentioned this book, whenever we last, whenever we talked like two years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it immediately made me feel that feeling inside, which is that, oh, that's something I'm, that's a complete blind spot for me. Mm-hmm. And, and as a reader, whenever there's a blind spot for me, I, I now feel like that's a problem that I need to examine when there's a blind spot. And it also makes me think how many other readers is that a blind spot for? Is that an opportunity for them to have uh, a window for them to see into and call it whatever result of, of my upbringing and whatever school taught me and, and whatever. As a boy, I think I was largely fully on my own to know about what periods were and what that meant for, for girls and women to go through. And, um, so I then just didn't know anything. (laughs) If it was going to be on me, there were, there was no resource that I could find out about this at home. And I felt like this is not something I can ask my mom about because it, it felt because of taboo, because of those things. And so as I'm reading go with the flow, I can't help, but also see, a way in for boys that, that haven't had that answer and want to uh, take apart that, that mystery or that taboo or, or that shame around what this is. I think for some ignorant reason, let me just be as ignorant as possible. Let me just out my ignorances. (laughs) Um, 
I think as a kid, I just thought like, well, the boys went into this room and we had our talk um, and we got our sample deodorants and the girls got their talks and we all saw that they got these things in like shiny wrappings and stuff. So that must mean that they're all getting their periods right now. But now that they've mm-hmm. had the talk, it's been sanctioned and that's a thing now happening. And then that was it, right? We have willed it to happen. We have willed it to happen. So as a 39-year-old man reading this book, having never... I mean, never ask the questions. I'm married to a woman that has periods. Surprise. Um, <laughs> but um, but I realized, like, why have I not even asked her questions? We're raising a daughter. She's four now. But I want to not be ignorant. I want to be aware and sensitive. And why? But it's okay. But why did it take me reading this comic to, to know that, like, that that some women are first experiencing their period or having their first period when they're in high school. Mm. Um, that is something that is helpful knowledge. And, um, and I'm grateful to have, have read this book, uh, and known that, that it's also going to serve, it's going to serve a, a, a great wide audience, but, um, that it also helped me see what I didn't know. And, and now I know, <laughs> now I know, I do think that, you thank know, you. yeah, thank you. That is you don't need to thank me. I, that was me <laughs> clearly stumbling over language and trying real hard to not sound like a dum-dum, but knowing that I, that sometimes we grow up and we realize we don't, we weren't ever given the words. Yeah, no, but, but I do think that, um, like in my experience, we learned about periods and what they were, but, you know, and I'm lucky that I had a mother who you know, she's like, here, here's a pad, here's how you use it. And here's a tampon. You can try that or not. It's up to you, you know. Um, But it still wasn't comfortable. You know, it just didn't feel like something comfortable that, that we wanted to talk about. And I, I guess I definitely like picked up on the fact that I should probably not talk to my dad about it and Mm -hmm. kind of like, not tell him I'm on my period, which is strange, like, because my dad and I are so open about everything. And now that I'm a parent, and I have a five-year-old daughter, I was kind of trying to shield her from that as well. Like when I had my son, I was bleeding a lot and I wouldn't let her come into the bathroom with me because I didn't want to traumatize her. But I was like, you know what? This is just, I mean, it's like everything else we do in the bathroom. And if she can see us do everything else, why not this? And when Emily sent us, when our book came out, Emily sent us these little knit tampons <laughs> you know, that were very cute. And she was like, this is a little bit weird, but I think, I think you're good with it. And when I opened it, Alex was sitting, my daughter, Alex was sitting with me and she was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) I was like, this is a tampon. And she was like, what's it for? And I was like, want me to show you a real one? I was like, this is how you use them. You're supposed to put them in your, (laughs) I said, I don't know if your, if your podcast is okay with genital words, but (laughs) I was like, you put it there. And if it soaks up blood at a certain time of the month, and I was like, when you're older, that'll happen to you. And you could use these if you want. And she was like, what? She was fascinated, you know, and I made sure to tell her, like, you don't put anything else up there. That's not <laughs> something you want to do a lot. Um, but it's just interesting that she she just took it in stride and was like, cool. OK. <laughs> and I think I think we don't I think we try to protect kids from it. And I don't think they need that, you know? Yeah. And on the other on the flip side, I grew up in a house talking about it all the time because 
it became very apparent very quickly that my periods were not normal. So in our book, uh, Brit has very heavy, painful periods. And um, for me, that was Brit's story is sort of my story, except she gets help much faster than I got help. Um, it took me 10 doctors in 14 years to get a diagnosis for endometriosis. And then um, over that 14 year mark, I ended up getting surgery and for actually right in the middle of our deadline for this book <laughs> I took a month off right when like I had to turn it in um to have surgery and they found fibroids and and so we talk a little bit in the back of the book about like all the things that could make your period not normal and for my for my house growing up you know it was kind of like Lily's periods are not normal she's going to the doctor for them very frequently um, something's wrong with her. We don't know what it is. And so for me, my periods were always discussed because I missed a lot of school. Um, I had to go to the doctor. And for me, it was always like this big unknown that no one could really give me an answer for until I was until 14 years after I got my first period. Um, so my family always talked about it. Like we talked about it at the dinner table. We talked about it all the time. I called my dad all the time to get me to pick me up to take me out of school mm. um so I had like a really like growing up it was just so talked about and for my whole life I've had to talk about it um I would I wish I didn't in a lot of ways but like I I do this is kind of like my my thing I have to deal with and for me I can I don't want anyone to have to like suffer like I have so I when we when we talked about Brit and stuff in our book I I just was like, if I can provide a resource for anyone else to not have to suffer like I did, to not have to to have conversations with teachers and bosses like I've had, I, I would love that for just one person at least. You both do such a great job in the way your four girls are different and the way they respond with advice and feedback and 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 how, whatever reactions to one another, I find that it serves to give the reader lots of different voices of comfort, of seeing you. Not only do you have four different girls here with different experiences, but you also just have these four great voices. I'm going to do something a little off because it is, again, a podcast <laughs> where you can't <laughs> see things. But I'm wondering if you would all mind if I read to you some of your comic. Go for it. <laughs> Lily, I said... I, I, I um posted a picture of one of these particular pages on mm -hmm. IG because I love, I love the line so much. But anyway, um, this is, um, Sasha's, Sasha's our, our new kid at, to set it up for people, is our new kid at this school. Um, and she, she, she get, she gets her first period in the beginning of the book. We sort of center around her in the beginning of the book. Anyway, um, some, mean kids at school um some mean girls at school um decorate her locker with the words bloody mary and hang a tampon because um our poor girl um bled over her white pants and was noticed anyway so she writes or so she says you guys this girl from cross country walked by me today and called me bloody mary in front of all her friends I don't think I can live this one down. Who? What? Who? I bet it was Haven Montez or maybe Melly Johnson. They don't know when to quit. 
Ugh, just ignore them. I bet no one else even remembers. Sasha says, I remember. I'll turn the page. You'll be yesterday's news soon. <laughs> I mean, at least you didn't poop your pants. <laughs> oh my God, Christine. What? I'm not wrong. And then she goes on to ask, um, hey guys, speaking of, can I ask you a kind of awkward question? Christine responds, those are my favorite kind. Shoot. Um, how the heck are these supposed to work exactly? I mean, I read the instructions, but seriously, I don't think I can do that. And, uh, oh yeah, tampons are totes weird at first. Um, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to read your whole comic. Your comic is awesome, and it, 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 it reads well. And I think... I think that the voices of these girls are the voices that, that readers need to hear. And in some way, I suspect that um, they are voices of words that both you have shared to other people and probably words that you've needed to hear at some point in your life as well. Is that is that fair to say? That is definitely fair to say. <laughs> I, I did get the feeling, I went to say this earlier, but when after we learned about it in school, I was just like, I, I get what they taught us, but I don't really understand like logistically what's supposed to happen, you know? And it's not an easy conversation. People are very strange about it. You know, like I just, it's something that as a society, I think we're uncomfortable with. And because of that, it makes conversation strained around it. And so it wasn't something that I felt super comfortable asking about. And I kind of just figured it out on my own. And I know that for some girls, you know, as well as boys, for sure, but there's also some girls whose parents don't really kind of don't know how to address it with them. So they kind of figure that they'll learn it in school or they'll learn it on their own. And we definitely saw that when we did some school talks, we got a lot of questions, especially at one of the schools where, you know, all these kids were asking, well, how long does your, is it true that periods only last four days? Is it normal if you bleed more than eight days? You know, all these different things about like, how long are you supposed to leave a tampon in? And they have logistical questions. They want to know answers, but, you know, they may not have someone that they're comfortable asking. So I really would have loved a book when I was younger just to be like, I don't want to have an awkward conversation. I want to arm myself with knowledge <laughs> by reading. And I didn't have that growing up. So I'm, I'm hoping that we provided that in this. And not to mention, Karen, but books as a librarian, I'm, I'm often advocating that to parents, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to find the right words or the way to start these conversations or just just the way to make it not feel like a parent is talking to a kid, but that you're not alone. And books are so great for that because we can see other characters going through things and we can see ourselves as those characters and we can return to these books. Um, the books can be a bridge in that way. And so you're you're helping to 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 make that bridge for readers, for their experiences, for their teachers, for for their classmates. Yeah, we hope so. I like that your author's note too. I I would be remiss to leave this conversation without um, sharing the inclusivity that you make sure to mention in this book. Your author's note, if I just read from that, reads: uh, For those of us who have periods. There's a point in every friendship where you start discussing your periods together. Maybe you have experienced that, or maybe you have yet to experience it, but it definitely, it is definitely a thing. This discussion has allowed those who bleed to create a safe space without judgment to discuss their health. This space has been a saving grace through time because the majority of people who have their periods are girls and women. 
transgender men and gender non-conforming people also have their periods, and this is something important to note, because menstrual health is an issue that affects more than just girls and women. However, because primarily women bleed, periods have historically been a taboo and even untouchable topic. And I'm going to keep going. Due to sexism that dates back to the dawn of time, periods have typically been seen as something to fear because they are associated with women. It is this stigma around menstruation that makes those of us who have periods discuss it in private, only with each other, and only once we have established that friendship is safe. I'm going to stop there, but I want to encourage people that pick up this book to make sure they read every last page in your book, but especially this author's note, because I think that it provides the language also to confront why we're not talking about periods by giving it that term, by saying this is sexism, that we're not talking about that, much as as we confront bias and name things as racism, name things as homophobia, name things as however we want to name them to help take away that that power that ignorance has. So yeah, I appreciate and... that you were giving that word. I just keep going back, Thank Karen. You. I keep going back. Thank you both. But I keep going back to Karen earlier, you describing as you were talking to your daughter and and you sort of editing yourself, wanting to make sure you don't use language that's not... <laughs> appropriate I'm doing now I'm doing air quotes appropriate (laughs) for this podcast but the people that listen to this podcast are not only adults parents teachers librarians but I I can tell you that I have children that listen to this podcast and that I have third and fourth graders that are going to listen and that are going to immediately ask me where is this book do we have it in our Mm -hmm. library can I check it out so it to hear you talk about your school visits, you and Lily talking about what these kids are saying and knowing that sometimes this is the first time they've heard these words mentioned in front of them. It, um, I, I know you're aware of the responsibility that you have in front of these children, but I want to express my gratitude to you, toward you for, for the way that the way that you center our children and our girls, our readers, and go with the flow. I constantly was confronted with how much I felt like they were being seen. Every child was being seen in this book. And, and that was something that, um, that, that really moved me and really drive me to, to um, want to speak to you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice to hear. It is, yeah. And there's, I feel like Karen and I know, you know, it's, there's so much more you could talk about on this topic you know we we couldn't even get into so many different aspects of of menstruation um because it's such a wide-ranging and wide-reaching topic so we can only hope that so many people get seen by it um but we also hope it just helps the stigma i mean our we talked about it in the book multiple times and it's in the back with the number one thing you can do to help break the stigma is just talk about it talk about it and talk about how it includes all sorts of different people, how it affects everyone around us. Um, and when we talk about it, that stigma just is slowly chipped away. Yeah. And we really were hoping that our book, you know, as you mentioned earlier, that, you know, our book would be a good jumping off point, right? Like 
parents could read the book, kids could read the book, and then they could start talking about that and then maybe move on to broader subjects, right? Like broader menstruation issues, logistics, anything, right? Puberty. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Well, my wish for you before we wrap up is that you hear from a lot of readers that maybe even they draw you comics or write you stories of their experiences of where they felt that space and connection and comfort to speak their stories and to be part of this group of girls that, that so well tells the story. I'm, I'm, I, I hope that, and I think you, you will, but I hope that, uh, children feel compelled, girls feel compelled to tell their stories and, and talk about it. As you said, Lily. Thank you. Yeah, we hope so. Yay. <laughs> well, Thank you for having us. <laughs> we, I mean, we could do another two hours if you want, but it's better <laughs> if people just pick up the book um, and, and, and enjoy it for all that it is and connect it to readers. So I will leave you with this question. Um, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Lily, Karen, is there a message that I can bring to them from each of you? Yeah, so I'll start. I'm Karen. <laughs> I think you know that by now. But um, I would say the most important thing to remember is try everything that you're interested in. Follow follow your passions, even if it doesn't seem like you're going down a path or you know, that anyone's traveled down before. I know that I became an engineer because I loved science and I loved robots and that's what I wanted to do. And then it kind of morphed and changed and I got into language and I got into traveling and then I got into art. I went back to art school. I never in my life would have thought that I would write a book. (laughs) And it's just been an amazing experience. You know, you can have varied interests and you don't have to be one thing. And I think it's just important to remember to just keep trying new things. Um, And I guess for me, I would just say, I'm going to relate this back very specifically to periods. But if, if you are talking to someone and your period doesn't feel normal or something doesn't feel right with your body um, or maybe you're told it's right and it, it doesn't feel right to you, I want to encourage you to talk to someone and if someone doesn't listen, go to the next person and if that doctor doesn't listen, go to the next person until you're you're heard um, and know that you deserve to be healthy and happy. children's book podcast is recorded and produced by me matthew winner in my library studio in ellicott city maryland you can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 550 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast our theme music is by poddington bear care of the free music archive all views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced want to help out the show Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed.
We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.